Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Headquarters, and we are off to see the wizard. We're celebrating the 75th anniversary of The Wizard of Oz, and on September 20th, select movie theaters will be showing this classic gem for one week. Now, almost everyone already knows the story by heart, but the cinematic spectacle of Dorothy's fantastic adventure never ceases to dazzle viewers, no matter how many times they see it. And this time, dazzle is the key word, because the movie has been remastered for IMAX 3D presentations. And on October 1st, Warner Brothers will be releasing a special anniversary DVD of The Wizard of Oz. So, folks, click your heels three times and join us on the Yellow Brick Road for a taped visit with Lorna Luft, Judy Garland's daughter, who talks about this great classic, and for a live discussion about the film with three of our favorite guests, Barry Monish, Diana Sanger, and James Colt Harrison. But first, let's check with Nikki Starr to see if she's ready to help with the show. Nikki, have you chased off those flying monkeys in the chat room, and is it safe for listeners to sign in? (laughs) I I have, and it is. So everyone, just come join us. There's already a bunch of people in there, so we're happy to have you. Hello? Okay. All right, James, I guess that's your cue. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Are we we in the water without an oar? That's what (laughs) it sounds like. How appropriate. (laughs) Ship without a captain. Uh, Oh, gosh, what happened to Betty Jo? She'll be back. She'll be back. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Well, uh... The Wizard of Oz is our subject for today. I think we've all seen it. And uh, luckily, I saw the new 3D IMAX version uh, just the other day. And I have to tell you, uh, I'm not usually a fan of 3D conversions because I don't think it really works very well. But they've done a stellar job on converting the old 1939 Wizard of Oz into 3D and IMAX. And it looks just beautiful. They've done a terrific job. And I, I think we have to send some kudos to the technicians who handled all that. And um, I, I'm not sure who did that, but maybe we can find out. But um, it really does work. And uh, the colors in Technicolor look just, oh, they look like they're electric. They're like they're uh, electric light bulbs and, and just Wonderful. And um, did, did anybody else see that this week? Or? No, I have not seen it yet. I was just wondering, was there any particular image that stood out in 3D that really caught your eye more than any other, like a particular? Uh, well, of course, you know, there are the black and white sequences in, mm-hmm. the, in the beginning, and that, and that uh, took me back to some of the old 
3D horror movies uh, back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And it and it kind of looked like they it was actually pretty good. I mean, Judy looked like she was in three dimensions, and she was in front of the split rail fence, and you could see a depth there, and, and, yeah, and with right. the farm animals and everything. So that that looked good in the black and white, and then in the, in the Technicolor sequences. Um, well, you know, in the in the village there in the Wizard of Oz village, uh, Munchkin Land. Right. Right. Uh, uh, there were lots of those flowers, you know, the magic flowers that popped up and everything, and they looked spectacular because they actually looked round, and you know, like you could feel them. So uh, I, I just don't know how in the world they did that, but it, it was so phenomenal. So please, everybody, go see the 3D version because it really is fun, and it's like seeing a whole new picture, not like the old oh. flat one. Well, I am so glad to hear that, James. Do you know, and Barry and Nikki, do you know what? That Wicked Witch of the West almost got me. I managed managed to get out of her clutches. (laughs) Yes, and I'm so relieved. Back. And you guys are sounding just wonderful, so I'm really, really sorry about, uh, usually it's Gremlins, but this time it was the Wicked Witch of the West. So um, I started, before I uh, I got into her clutches, I started to thank the people in the chat. And uh, did you did you uh, say, uh, it, introduce the people who are in the chat, Nikki, or shall I go through that again? No, we didn't. We just kept we just kept talking. <laughs> you just kept talking. Well, that's yeah. good. Well, well, well. Thank you so so much. I I just want to tell uh, Barry and uh, James how happy I am to have them on the show. And I, you know, you. Um, Barry Barry, you haven't been um, on as many times as uh, James has. So I'm I'm just going to give the listeners a little bit of background information about you, reminding them of your qualifications uh, uh, before uh, the Wicked Witch comes back and gets me. But (laughs) (laughs) but I want everybody to know that that Barry is the author and editor of Screen World 101 and and other books, including the uh, Music of Film, West Side Story, Encyclopedia of Hollywood Film Actors, from the silent era to 1965, everybody's talking, the top films of 1965-1969. He's the co-author of Lucille Ball, FAQ, and recently updated Stanley Green's Hollywood musicals year by year. Now, Barry, I, I'm looking forward to you coming back on our show for the screen world of 2012. Are you right in the middle of working on that now? Well, the, the new one will be out soon, Uh it might at this point might be the last one but that's that's for another discussion but oh, <laughs> there wow. is one coming there is still one coming so send in your vote of support <laughs> you <can> yes <laughs> well yes where do we send in our vote of support oh i'll i'll give you the i'll email you all that information if, if okay, afterwards good. let's and let's I'll... talk about the wizard of oz in the meantime. all right all right we'll yes. do that, but we want to be as supportive as we as well, we can be you. and it's, you, you. So you do such a great job on that book and you know so much about uh musicals and of course you know i'm an avid movie musical yeah, fan so yeah. so i feel uh you know quite a connection with you and we're always happy when you're oh, when you're a, you. a guest did you first when did you first see the wizard of oz or did you go through that 
uh, while I was away. No, 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 no it didn't no, actually. No, it didn't. Um, no the, uh, I, it was sometime in the early 60s when they used to run it on, well, CBS used to run the movie on uh, uh, Sunday when it was hosted by Danny Kay. I distinctly remember yeah. that because it was the first time I ever knew who Danny Kay was. Um, and I, 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 since at work here we have the, all the TV guides going back into the 60s, I went and checked. And I'm assuming I could actually give you a date. <laughs> Um, it might really? have been yes. It might have been January twenty sixth, nineteen sixty four. It played that day. That was the first time. I, I think that's the first time Danny Kaye introduced the show because his series was on CBS at the time, and it ran in the New York market uh, from uh, six to eight p.m. Uh, I checked out all this. I was thrilled to find this, um, and I'm pretty sure that was the first time I saw it. And wow. it, you know, it was it was very exciting, uh, and I couldn't wait to see it again. And of course, this was long before the days of you know video or anything. And this was that period where they used to run it around that same time of year each year for a while. And, and I'm pretty sure Danny Kay hosted it um, for several years. I guess while he was still while his series was still on CBS, I guess they asked him every year to do it. But that was my that was my first memory of it. Yeah. Well, I I think that's that's really great, and uh, for you to be able to pinpoint a date too. Well, well, James, James, of course, all our listeners know uh, James quite well because he's uh, practically a regular on the show. But yes. just as a yeah, but just as a reminder, James, I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to say I'm going to tell that you call yourself the world's oldest teenage movie fan. <laughs> <laughs> and and very yeah. uh, James has written the history of MGM. Of course, that's where that's where uh, the Wizard of Oz came from, and the right. studio where Judy Garland made most of her movies. And right. uh, he's been uh, a film critic, a, you know, made contributions to uh, such sites as uh, the Classic Movie Guide, Review Express, and he was the premier critic for the La Jolla Village News. So we're always happy to have him with us. And James, do you remember when you first saw The Wizard of Oz? Betty Jo, I can't remember the back that far. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw it as a kid in a movie theater. Uh, I did not attend the premiere in 1939, but uh, <laughs> I did see it on the movie screen, probably in Boston, which is where I was born and grew up. And but I do remember when it came on television. Uh, that was a great treat because it was the early days of color on television, and yeah. it was spectacular on, on uh, the CBS show. And uh, I do remember Danny Kaye a lot. He made a lot of funny musicals, and he, you know he was kind of like a zany character all the time but uh, the wizard yeah i saw as a kid first in the movie theater in boston and your reaction well uh, i was such a movie i think i was born a movie fan uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the club <laughs> i always fell in love with movie stars i loved movie stars and i always put them on a pedestal and I never thought they were like real people, like they ate and drank the way we did. Uh, I don't know. I just had a different feeling about movie stars, and they just dazzled me to no end. Uh, you know, as a little boy, I just looked up at all these beautiful actresses on the screen and the handsome guys like Robert Taylor. I I just thought, oh, my God, they're not real. They're just <laughs> of another world. <laughs> Yeah, uh, James. It's interesting that you mentioned. <laughs> oh, that, you must have oh. been quite fascinated with the, uh, with the, uh, with this as a, a child. Uh, you know, 
you said you don't remember that far back and but i but i have to confess that uh i'm the oldest one here and that's that's not unusual and i do no you're actually, not <laughs> yes i am and i no, do you're actually not. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell my real age. I'm afraid to even tell the year. I'm afraid to even say the say the year 1939 when the movie came out. But I did see it. I did see it when it was first released, not at the premiere, but as a as a young child. And I thought it was the most incredible thing ever. It blew my little mind. It was, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And after 75 years, it still it still does. Well, I'm uh, very sorry that um, Diana Sanger hasn't uh, called in yet, but but she may call in before the end of the show, where we and we can find out when she saw the movie and what she thought about it. But this might be a good place to hear from Lorna Left. Left. I'm sorry she couldn't be here, but we have a tape of Lorna. And James, you know this because you oh, were yeah. there when she was here on the show talking about the Wizard there. of Oz. And um, we'll play it in a few minutes. I just wanted to say that we interviewed Lorna a few years ago during our tribute to Judy Garland. And it was right before she went to England to star as the Wicked Witch of the West in a stage version in Manchester of the movie. You know, Lorna is a showbiz treasure in her in her own right. I remember uh, James, you telling her that when she was on. Well, the show. she is. You know, she's awfully good. She's very talented. She's very, very good. A wonderful, wonderful voice, and she has won acclaim on stage, film, and TV. And she's a, a best-selling author and a recording artist and an Emmy-nominated producer. Her book, Me and My Shadows, Living with the Legacy of Judy Garland, was turned into a miniseries that won five Emmys. And another of her accomplishments is Songs My Mother Taught Me, a, oh, just a glorious concert centering on her personal memories of Judy Garland. So now we're very happy to present a few delightful minutes with Lorna Luft. I have never seen such a heartwarming film performance in my life <laughs> as the one that she gave as Dorothy Well, Gale. I think it's just extraordinary that the performance that she gave, uh, you would think that The Wizard of Oz, when you look at it, because it became such a you know, an, an international, unbelievable, legendary film that it had so many problems to begin with. It had, you know, four directors, and it had numerous writers, and it had numerous things that went on with the film that you would have never known unless you'd read the books about the making of The Wizard of Oz. And so basically, I just think it was always sort of extraordinary because... You know, I, I know how many directors I have worked with at one time, never mind working with Ford, never mind having everything changed, never mind all of the things that happened on The Wizard of Oz, and that is a tribute to all of them, not only my mom, but every single character and every single actor in the film is just absolutely believable, and that's what makes the film work, is because you believe and you believe every word they say, and you believe every song that they sing, and you believe the story. And the story is so simple. It's, you know, the story of home, heart, courage, and knowledge. I mean, who doesn't relate to that? Well, that's for sure, and thank heavens 
the filmmakers and love, you know. So I mean, that's you know, that's that's what the film is based on. When people ask me all the time, why do I think that it it you know it's lasted so long? Because it was a brilliantly made film with an incredibly simple message that everyone can relate to. There's exactly. No place like home. Exactly, and thank heavens the filmmakers changed their minds about cutting over the rainbow from oh, the yes. finished Well, production. that was really, I mean, that, you know, that was Arthur Freed really going to bat and saying, you know, if you don't put that song back in, I'll take my name off of it. And he really, Arthur Freed was such a wonderful uh, champion of my mom. And, 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 and you know, and, and Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg's score is so brilliant and simple and complicated and everything else. I mean, it's just the per- everything in the movie is really, um, I'd say it's the most perfect movie ever made. I would go along with that. I, I just, uh, it, I, I'm sitting here and looking at the, the poster, and uh, it just it, it, it inspires me every day when I sit down to work here. It's just, yeah. it's just more, it's actually more than a movie, but I think that, Judy Garland is is the one. Everybody had a part in it, but I think Judy is the one that made it something so very very special. But well, I think because of her unique vulnerability and her honesty, and you really did believe that you know that Dorothy was this wonderful you know wide eyed child that just wanted to find a better place. And I think all of you know you wouldn't. You wouldn't have believed it if they had chosen anyone else. I mean, it was just a real—it's um, a real tribute to my mother as an actor, I um, think. and also all of the other characters. I mean, Burt Lars' performance in that movie is truly—it's—it's <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. But every every single one in the movie is wonderful. Yes, and perfect. I'm, as you all know, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm about to go do it on stage this whole winter in England. Really? Yes, I'm going to play Maggie Hamilton's role. I'm going green for the winter, and I'm playing the Wicked Witch. Oh, I wish we could see it. (laughs) Oh, I know, but you're going to have to come all the way to Manchester, England to do it. So I am going, you know, it's a very chic and very in thing to be green. Well, I'm going Mm -hmm. green for the winter. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I just, I think that's going to be what a wonderful experience for you. Well, I think it's going to be fun because, I mean, it's not going to be fun taking on and putting on all that green makeup because I've already done it once. And let me tell you, it's not a day out at the park. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, something, I mean, I've stayed away from it. And when they called me and asked me to do it this winter, and because I knew Margaret Hamilton and I'd met her several times and she was such a lovely and nice and wonderful woman, I thought to myself, wait, it's second, you know, second generation Oz, and why not? And go have some fun, and I get to fly, and I get, you know, uh, you know, it's it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be an absolute. I mean, I know that my mom would be sitting there just being hysterical, laughing. I'll is bet she ad- would. I'll bet she is would. Is this an adaptation of the film or the stage show? Uh, Wicked. It's th- no, no, no. It has nothing to do with Wicked. Um, okay. A while ago, the Royal Shakespeare Company did a really great version of the movie on stage, and that's basically what it is. In a way, they've taken more with the RSC Company. They've taken more of the book. Um, but we just—I um, was just in England a couple of days ago, and I—we—they did a sort of a, a Dorothy Idol, um, where they—they they, the entire, I think. All of Northern England came out for to to try to be the Dorothy, and it was a very very hard choice. And we chose a girl 
who was 16. Wow. Perfect. Because it's so important. I've seen so I've seen productions of the show on stage, and when they pick a 21, 22-year-old person for Dorothy, you're it. You know it. And so right? we, you know, my mom was 15 and finished the movie when she was 16. So we picked a 16-year-old because there is an innocence and a wonderful wide-eyed quality and as we all know um and maybe your listeners know the the original dorothy in the book was a lot younger oh yes in l frank Baum's book of the wizard of oz right right young girl but 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 judy had the i mean she just had that that youthful vulnerability and uh she just fit right right in I really love listening to Lorna, and I know, uh, James, you enjoyed that interview so much, and, and I'm happy yes. to report performance as the Wicked Witch of the West in England was a big success. I had the chance to watch her talking about it on YouTube, and she really enjoyed that gig. But, you know, she talked about the green paint, her worry about the green paint. Well, that was a a problem for her, especially because she had such a short time to go from Miss Cul- the Miss Gulch character to the Wicked Witch character. Now, in the film, that would be no problem, but on stage, you can see the problem that that would be. And she was surprised that the audience booed her Wicked Witch when she came on stage. <laughs> And even booed her during the curtain call. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but I think that was a compliment to the effectiveness of her, uh, right. her performance. Unfortunately, yeah. when um, when Lorna returned from England, she, um, she had to undergo uh, surgery for breast cancer and then um, quite extensive chemotherapy. So that took her out of showbiz. Uh, her showbiz activities for a while, but she's doing a lot better now, and I think she's getting back in the swing of things, scheduling Good. some some um, new shows. So uh, anyone who wants to know when when her shows are coming up, just go to uh, Lorna Luff's official uh, Facebook page, and um, and you'll be able to find uh, find it there. We we really wish her uh, our best. I know James. That when you were interviewing Lorna, you even gave her a big kiss over the telephone, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. I've also interviewed her in person, and you can give her a hug in person as well. So that's yeah. even better. <laughs> that is. That is even. She's a better. lovely, lovely girl. Very, very talented. And, Absolutely. And uh, she did also uh, leave with us a wonderful mother-daughter medley between her and uh, through the magic of technology and with help from Barry Manilow, a duet uh, that they put together oh. of uh, Lorna and uh, Judy singing uh, a medley of songs. And uh, uh, we don't have time to play that today, but uh, we, do, we just love having it, and we do play it every every once in a while. Well, guess what? I no. think I see... What? On the switchboard here, or in the green room, I should say, since it's the Wizard of Oz, the green room. <laughs> okay, I think we've got Miss, the lovely Miss Diana Sanger, or Mrs. Diana Sanger, from Classic Movie Guide. Well, hello there, Diana. My broom broke on the way over. <laughs> right, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> We're having all sorts of trouble with these witches. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I well, don't know if you if you said this or not, but did you hear about the trouble that Margaret Hamilton had when she was performing 
with the fire stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We've uh, yeah. Tell we've us about, about it, that. though, yeah. Diana. Yeah, well, tell yeah, us. There's that there's that big spot, and then when the she jumps in this spot, and the fire comes up, and it was actually an elevator that dropped down to the ground underneath, but it actually dropped out from under her. And she was on fire, so she had to run to the first aid station, and she ended up with second-degree burns on her face and third-degree burns on her hands. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was – what a what a performance she gave in spite of, of all of that. Exactly. Yeah, I well, think you, there, there were two fire incidents. Uh, I think one one time the broom caught on fire in another scene, and I think her uh, – her stand-in was the one that was injured. So there were there were a few accidents on the film. Absolutely, yeah. It was that was one of the things that Lorna was saying, and she people wondered how with so many problems on the set and what what did she say? The four directors. And yeah. four directors. I, think I read there were fourteen. Five. Fourteen five writers. Directors. Five, if you count Mervyn Leroy, who the producer who did uh, some right. of the scenes. So with all with everything that was going on, it is just amazing that uh, that the movie has uh, came out so great, won two Oscars, nominated for six Oscars, and uh, I, uh, it's just a, a, absolutely a miracle to me. But now, Diana, while you're here, why don't you tell us because you missed the first part of the show? And by the way, the Wicked Witch got me for a while too. I I was off uh, <laughs> offline. <laughs> Oh, I had to wing you... it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James is good at that. I warned him. I warned him ahead of time. But anyway, um, we've heard where every where Barry, uh, when Barry first saw The Wizard of Oz and where James first saw it and where I first saw it. Now, um, where were you when you first saw The Wizard of Oz? Well, it was in the 50s, and I was um, early 50s, and I was at my grandmother's in Oklahoma, and my aunt took me, and we saw uh, that and... Um, she had also was the one that took me to see Gone with the Wind. So she was the one who really broke me into loving movies. And, of course, I was just mesmerized. I could have sat right there and watched the whole thing over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. Hooray for grandmothers. Well, uh, you heard uh, Lorna speaking did, and why she thought that the movie was uh, so popular and has remained popular for so long. What? Do you agree with uh, with what Lorna said, or do you have some reasons that you'd like to share with us about why it's remained popular for so long? Well, you know, at the time it was so popular because there was nothing not to like. I mean, it was a little bit of the, the scary, frightening thing for kids, yet, you know, there was all the imagination and the, and the wonder of that, and the the munchkins were just hypnotic, and and, you know, the three other main characters, the... The lion and the Tin Man, and they—they they were just great. And um, you know, you just never knew what was going to happen. I mean, it was joyous. The dances, the songs—it was just the whole package, beautifully done. I think you're right about that, James. Do you agree with Diana about why this movie has been around so long? Oh uh, yes, I—I I think uh, the casting was absolutely perfect, and Judy was the right age to do the movie. She had such innocence, and you can see it right on the screen. She was so sweet and innocent and untouched by all the horrible Hollywood things that came later. And so she was just right for the role. And Bert Lahr being an old vaudevillian, you know, he did his sticks and you know, Jack Haley as well. They were all actually in vaudeville together, Bolger oh. and Jack Haley and... 
and uh, Bert Lahr. They all they all worked together in vaudeville many years before that. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they they knew each other. They knew that uh, who was going to try to steal the scene or mm-hmm. you know do something to take your eye off of them and look at the other one. And oh yeah, they were old timers. Well, they were great. It was quite an ensemble cast. How about you, Barry? What uh, What do you think is the reason that the the Wizard of Oz has uh, been so popular for so long? Yeah, well, one of the things I think is so outstanding about it is there are these movies that we watch as kids that we think are wonderful as kids, and then as you get older, you look at them again, and they don't hold up so well, and right, there's certain yeah. things about it that you know you you only had to be a kid to love. And I think what's amazing about The Wizard of Oz is no matter what age you watch it at, mm-hmm. it's just so magical. It, it's just it works completely. I mean, I, and that is the astounding thing for people I think that you know they they have a tendency to go back and make fun of the things they liked as kids but you never hear anyone say anything bad about this because they see the quality at every stage in their life I think I I, I just think it's just somehow they managed to accomplish that to appeal to people that are four years old or people who are 104 years old I don't know how they did it but it's just amazing Oh, that's a that's a great reason. I I agree with that too. Uh, I yeah. I agree with all of you, and I I just think it's sensational to look at and and has such colorful characters. We care mm. about them. Yes, and, right. And then the theme about longing for home that that resonates with with everyone, no matter what uh, age. And um, you know, I was um, I mentioned a little while ago that the Wizard of Oz did win two Oscars. Right. Out of six nominations, and Barry, the the Oscars went uh, to uh, original score and original song. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I was wondering uh, if you'd like to talk a little bit about the music and what your favorite uh, Wizard of Oz tune would be. You know, the interesting thing is, I guess this is the highest compliment you can say to a score. I love that score so much that I cannot I racked my brains out when you when you mentioned this, you know, when you sent the emails asking what my favorite song is and I said I just love them all so much equally, truly equally that uh they somehow came up with this uh, this score that there's not a bad moment, not a bad line, not a bad lyric in it that I just I just think it's just extraordinary the whole thing. I love the the, the cut song, the the Chitterbug that you know was supposed to be in there that I'm sure you've all heard uh, there's been recordings of it and all the and the sequence has been I think offered on the yeah. DVD again hasn't it but um you know even that's a great song um so yeah. it's like it's just a miraculous uh I mean of course uh, over the rainbow was the standout at the time so that was the one that got the oscar but you know I I I could have given the oscar to any of the songs I think they were just uh, I mean they just go through your you know, they just go through your head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's mention <laughs> their great. names too. We're talking like Harold Arlen and and Yip Harburg. I, I, I just here we are talking about their songs without mentioning their names. The, yeah, we have oh, to give yes, them credit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Harold credit, Arlen. Give credit where it's due. Yes. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you. I, I'm glad you said that. Now, how yeah. how about you, Diana? Do you have a favorite Wizard of Oz tune? You know what? Barry and I are in the same bucket. <laughs> I wrote them all down here because I, I I watched them all again last night and I, oh that's my favorite. And the next one, no, I like that one better. Next one, they're yeah. just so fun and catchy and yeah. And I don't know if you've seen this, Betty, but I discovered if you go, your fans should go to um, Bing and 
and type mm-hmm. in Wizard of Oz, and there's videos of everything there, but there's the Busby Berkeley dance number that Ray oh. Bolger did an amazing, so cute dance that was actually cut from the oh, movie. right, yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you seen it, Betty? I have seen that, and I don't know why that was cut. Oh, it was so cute. <laughs> it but, is. but great songs. They're all great songs. If yeah. I only had a brain, if I remember yeah. correctly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Follow yeah. the so yellow brick road. Sit and think for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just musing with the flowers, consulting yeah. with the rain. <laughs> or the thought, I'd you be know thinking I would be another Lincoln if I only had a brain. See what I mean? <laughs> they just keep going. <laughs> so, James, what's your favorite song from The Wizard of Oz? Oh, gosh, uh, you know, it is hard to choose which one, but I kind of like We're Off to See the Wizard. I think that's a jaunty tune, and it's happy. Mm. And We're Off to See the Wizard. <laughs> that's cute. The wonderful but, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I, wa- I wanted to interject, though. Uh, did you all know that the very first song that was written for the movie was The Jitterbug? That's that's okay. interesting because that means it went was going to go off on a completely different tangent if they had had uh, stuck to that style. I mean, it's a yeah. wonderful song, but it it seems like it it does stand out as different from the way that a lot of the rest of the score is written. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Have you seen the film clip from that? Uh, it was a, a bootlegged film clip of that yeah. scene, and I, right. I, I think that's the only thing left of that. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that. I'm going to have to check that one. That one out. I've I've heard about it, but I don't think I've actually seen that. So I'm going to have to check that. Yeah, the, the jitterbug well. is actually still mentioned in the film in the dialogue. The, um, Margaret Hamilton says something to the effect of, "I've sent a little insect uh, along to take the fight out of them." So if you the next time oh. you see it, you'll notice that she actually makes me- reference to the jitterbug. Uh, and and yet nothing. There's no payoff there's, to it. There's no scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So well, I'm going to watch for that the next time I see yeah. the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. I will, for the I will do that. Yeah. But I know what you you guys mean when you say you loved all the all the songs. But but I I'll just have to pick somewhere over the rainbow. I think it's so great that it mm. honestly it runs through my brain almost daily. And the way Judy Garland sings it just gives oh, me yeah. goosebumps every time. I hear it. No wonder the AFI named Somewhere Over the Rainbow as the number one song in American films. And uh, I heartily agree with him about that. Well, let's talk a little bit about these colorful characters in The Wizard of Oz. Um, Barry, do you have a favorite Wizard of Oz character and and why? Absolutely, I do. From the very first time I saw it, the Scarecrow was my favorite. Um, Ah. I think he just, uh, I guess because he remains with Dorothy the longest of the three of them, and of course she does actually say to him at the end, I think I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow. He just really captured me. I I, I don't know whether it was just Ray Bulger's performance, the um, image of a, a, a live Scarecrow. I mean, you know, I was probably about four years old at the time I first saw it. I just fell in love with him, and, and I love his uh, quick thinking, the way he, you know, he saved the day several times in the course of the film, and, and he did. He really stood out as, as my absolute favorite character. So I, that in that case, unlike the songs, I do have a favorite. It's him. Well, you picked. You definitely picked a good one. How about you, yeah. James? Oh, gosh, I always loved Margaret Hamilton because... Uh, uh, I remember seeing her in other films uh, during my youth, and she always played a very prim and prissy mm. kind of a woman. 
you know, she's always the busy body or something like that. And I always thought she was funny. Uh, I, I never thought she was uh, stern or anything, even though she appeared that way. I always thought she was funny. It used to make me giggle a lot. Mm. And, uh, of course, I grew up and I never stopped giggling. So mm. I, I still <laughs> love Margaret Hamilton. So, I, well, it's interesting you mentioned Margaret Hamilton. Um, I heard Lorna say that her mother told her that the hardest thing about making The Wizard of Oz for her was to act afraid of the Wicked Witch of the West because she knew Margaret Hamilton, and Margaret Hamilton was just such a nice lady. And she was, yes. in fact, I think she was a kindergarten teacher. Yes, she was. She was, she was yeah, she was. So nice. So this was this was very very good acting on Judy Garland's part <laughs> to show that she was afraid of the Wicked Witch of the of the West. So we've got the Scarecrow and the and and the and the witch and Diana. Do you have a favorite character? I do. Early on, it was the Munchkins, you know. But but as I grew older and started watching these classics and learning more about what these people had to go through, I really began to admire, you know, all three of these characters that had to go through so much makeup and costume. And um, so it's the Tin Man, who was originally supposed to be played by Betty Ep- Betty Buddy Epson, but right. um, in fact, he did start it, and then the metal in the dust from the makeup choked him nearly to death, so he bailed out. But um, oh. Jack Haley, you know, stepped into the job, and that the Tin Man has to create so much emotion, but yet has such little um, liberty to, you know, dance or, or, you know, play about or just be free because he's, you know, creaking. And, hmm. and they said he even had to stand up while he was sleeping all the time he was in right. that armor. Hmm. So um, Wow. Yeah. That's a great one. That's a great one, too. And, and his song was If I Only Had a... Had a heart, and I really, really right. like, like, like that that song. That, those are, there are so many, so many great ones. When you mentioned the the Munchkins, I like the lollipop, the lollipop <laughs> guild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so cute. Yeah, the three boys. <laughs> that is yeah. so cute. Well, we. I think when we were, um, I'm going to tell you what who my favorite character is, but uh, this reminds me um, that uh, Nancy Lombardo, who's in the chat room from Comedy Concepts, sent sent. Uh, I believe it was in an email about uh, the humor and the and the uh, puns that uh, are in The Wizard of Oz that we don't even think about. And she reminded me about when Dorothy goes to the wizard and says she's killed the Wicked Witch of the West. Now the wizard has to uh, has to help her. And uh, she says, and he says, you killed the, the Wicked Witch of the West. And she says, yes. She says, I melted her. And the wizard says, you mean you licked? Liquidated her. <laughs> like that, all through the, that you don't even think about. But there's such humor in this in this movie. Well, there's everything in, in the movie, but uh, it really is hard to pick a favorite character. Uh, I think Dorothy is just a given because she kind of holds the whole movie sure. together. But mine is the cowardly lion. I cannot ever even think about the cowardly lion without being cracked up. I mean, I just <laughs> I look up here at this poster, at that makeup at Bert Lahr. He was fantastic. He just and that song, well that mantra that he had, I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts. <laughs> and then his the king of the, if I were king of the forest, just the way he sang that. It was just a 
I thought a tour de force performance. It's uh, it's one of my all time favorite uh, performances. And this is a good place for me to thank all my Facebook friends who sent me um, who commented on Facebook about their favorite characters from the uh, Wizard of Oz. Jeffrey Chen uh, picks the Tin Man. Sharon Schaefer, the Story Lady, picks Toto and the Cowardly Lion. Nancy Lombardo, Toto. She thinks Toto is the uh, catalyst for the entire film. Oliver uh, Olivia Wilder says she's a Leo, so she picks the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> Linda B- Barnett Johnson, the Scarecrow, as as does Perrin Smith Name, who says uh, she puts this down, I'll miss you most of all, Barry, because that's what you remember too. <laughs> yeah. And then I love this comment from Felix Vasquez Jr. He picks the cowardly lion. He says, he's the bully, tough on the outside, but when you fight back, then his, he goes to a corner and cries like a little kitten. <laughs> and Felix says he does a good imitation of the cowardly lion. I would love to see that. John Carpenter picks Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch. Vicki Nicolaitis picks Toto and the Wizard. And Frederick Weeble picks uh, the Witch. So when I counted up those responses, the Cowardly Lion was the the winner, but Toto was uh, nipping at his heels. <laughs> it's interesting that there was no mention of Glinda, the Good Witch. Oh, I thought uh, Billy Burke was just gorgeous in yeah. that. And, uh, no Uncle Henry yeah. or Auntie M, I guess. <laughs> right, right. They, but they're just all, you name what, they're all, you know, they're all, uh, they're all perfect. Well, I wanted to... Yeah, great characters. Well, I wanted um, to. I'm sorry that I, it's been so exciting here talking about the Wizard of Oz that I haven't really been able to follow the chat. But I'm, I'm just so glad that Nancy from Comedy Concepts is in the chat. And Comedy Concepts is a wonderful show, mixing uh, laughter and music, and um, and uh, the uh, opportunity to hype your own shows. <laughs> Every Friday on Blog Talk Radio at uh, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Friday mornings and Monday mornings. We have Kat Vecchioni from Wacko World. Kat has a uh, great Blog Talk Radio show on Saturday. And then there's uh, the Wacko Network. Now, I don't know whether that's Richard B. Smart or whether that's uh, Wacko Bob, but uh, the Wacko guys and the Wackettes, they really have wonderful (laughs) shows, early morning shows on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we're really, uh, and they always, they always hype our show. We really appreciate their their support. So um, I thought we could talk a little bit about special effects because uh, I don't, I, I just, uh, you know, that's usually not anything that I, I think too much about. But in connection with this film, I think we we should talk about uh, special effects. So James, how do you think the the effects in the Wizard of Oz rate in comparison with today's uh, work in that area? Well, of course, nothing can compare to what they can do today. I mean, it's just wizardry. (laughs) But back in 1939, it was uh, sort of primitive, and they did the best they could. Uh, Once in a while, if you look very closely in the winged monkeys scenes, you can see wires holding them up. But uh, that's very minor, and and they, they really did a good job with that. For that time, and uh, I thought I thought it was done pretty well for uh, uh, MGM at that time. Uh, you know, they didn't have computers to do everything; they did it all actually right there on the set. You know, so whatever you saw was really happening. 
It, it wasn't CGI effects. So I think they did pretty well. Right. Uh, Barry, do you agree with James? Absolutely. No, he pointed out, I mean, you can do all sorts of things on your computer, but it's far more impressive to pull off what they did with what they had to work with in 1939. I mean, the image of the um, the tornado sort of in the distance coming at the farm frightened me as a child, and I still think it's just a spectacular uh, effect when you look at it even today, like how they bother, how they managed to pull that off. Um, is is quite impressive, and, and the image of the uh, the witch, you know, up in the sky, sky writing out the uh, surrender, Dorothy, and all. I mean, this this is really great stuff. It works in the context of the story. I mean, if you don't have a good story, I mean, all the great special effects in the world aren't going to make your film good. You're but so I mean, right. yeah. yeah, I mean, and this, you know, it complements the film terrifically, and, and I think they did a very good job. And how about you, Diana? Oh, I too. I, I, you know, so many times I leave the theater today and my ears are busting with migraines <laughs> yes. from the special effects, and, right. and then I watch these old movies and I see such amazing things they did so simply, you know. And even though I knew that in that movie that to do, like uh, Barry was talking about the the tornado, the house, they had a little model that they dropped from the top of the sound stage against yeah. the backdrop painted like the sky, filmed it in slow motion and ran it in reverse. Even though I knew that, when I would watch it again. I didn't think of that at all. To me, it was a real house flying yeah, away in the tornado. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could I interject something here? Oh, sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you know how they did the tornado? They used how did they a do silk it? stocking. Right. Yeah, a silk like stocking to yeah. and whirled it around so that it looked like a tornado. And I thought that was a brilliant. Yeah. Solution. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I wondered where well, this came it, from in my red bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> now you know, some some use, definitely some use for them. Well, I, I know that we have uh, just spectacular special effects now and that there's been so many advances since 1939, but really, to me, nothing, nothing on film quite matches uh, The Wizard of Oz wonder for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the minute that Dorothy steps out of that that house that falls on the Wicked Witch of the East, I guess it was, <laughs> and opens the opens the door onto the beautiful, you know, all that color in oh. Oz and the the glittering Emerald City and and the tornado that that we've talked about and the giant wizard head. I just mm. thought that was was spectacular, yeah. and uh, of course the sparkling ruby slippers i mean it's just uh to me um i'll go i'll go with that <laughs> with those types of special effects more than the ones that we that we have today but uh talking about the the wizard head we haven't said too much about frank morgan the wizard i i think yeah. we should spend a little bit of time talking about him because he did i mean after all uh the wonderful Wizard of Oz. We 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 need to say something about uh, about Frank Morgan. Evidently, he played more than just the wizard, though, didn't he? He was the gatekeeper. He was the driver of the of the uh, of the, the cab going right. into into Oz. And Professor I do Marvel. Think, yeah, Professor. Yeah, Marvel. Professor Marvel. And, yeah. and the guard. Right. And the guard. And the guard. And he did a beautiful job on in all of those, but. Um, I understand that the role for the movie was written for W.C. Fields. Yeah. And right. I can't help thinking, you know, what would that have done to the movie? I mean, it I would think, be an entirely... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It would have pulled focus, I think, by having him there. Yeah. As yeah. much as I love W.C. Fields, yeah, I think it would have right. thrown, you would thrown have, everything yeah. off. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he was he was great, but uh, that's true. He would have it, it would have been a different movie completely. But uh, evidently, he he was offered the the role, and uh, he wanted something like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you know the story behind that, and who? I mean, were there other actors besides Frank Morgan, Barry? Um, I don't. I mean, W. C. Fields is the one that stands out. I, I don't remember if there was any other names that came up. I mean, Frank Morgan is a great choice, and and I mean, he worked constantly back then. Uh, I mean, a lot of people today they just know him from that film, but I mean, he was very prominent character. He was twice nominated for an Oscar for his acting, not for The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, and uh, he, I, I also thought he was great fun. Whenever he showed up in a movie, you always felt like you could depend on him being entertaining, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. W.C. Fields is the only one I know of. Uh, that maybe some of you others know of someone else that was offered the part. Uh, Do you, James? Uh, was there? Uh, well, I had heard that there were others that I can't think of their names at the moment, but uh, Wallace Berry comes to mind. But um, I heard I that. Know. Yeah, that would have been but, completely but, different. And yeah, yeah, I heard, see, I heard. yeah, Wallace Beery and Frank Morgan were both under contract to MGM, so it would have been easy for them to use either one of them. Right. Yeah. Either. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um But but anyway, we're glad that Frank Morgan got that yes, role, and he absolutely. did. He did a he did a wonderful job with that. Well, if you had to choose three words to describe 1939's The Wizard of Oz. What would those words be? Diana, we'll go to you first. Incredible, lively, and fun. Yay! <laughs> Am I supposed to say why? <laughs> you don't have to say why. You just have to say the three the three words okay. that you would pick. <laughs> All right. James? Yes, I'm here. Yes, you're. You're. Well, down. We're looking for the three words. Oh, okay. I guess so you were cut off for a while. I didn't hear you. Uh, Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, probably dazzling because of the Technicolor. Imaginative and inventive. I guess would go with that. Is that three, or do I need another That's one? That's three. You got <laughs> good ones. You got good ones. And Barry, what would your three words be? Uh, timeless. Magical, oh. iconic. Great, great. And mine would be, of course, wonderful. That's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> Heartwarming and universal. So we we all have different uh, different words to describe, and I think we're all correct on that. Well, you know, we did extend the time for today's show, and uh, we still are uh, are not able to get in everything that we wanted to. But I will give each of you a chance to add anything else about The Wizard of Oz that you would like to. Diana, is there anything anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to Well, when we were talking about directors, um, you know, they all had different approaches and different ideas. But I think it was a smart decision by George Cooker, who actually – changed Judy's blonde hair and pretty girl look to the dark-haired farm girl. And I think that's what, you know, kind of helped put um, all, every motion that she he, he did, but just perfect in making her the real Dorothy. 
I agree with you. How, how about you, James? Anything else you'd like to add about The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> well, yes, something kind of funny. Uh, I hope they don't cut us off. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the the, the uh, Munchkins had to have hundreds and hundreds of costumes and fittings galore. Well, one of the wardrobe ladies had to fit one of the uh, gentlemen uh, Munchkins, and she said to him, Gosh, I have a nine-year-old boy who's about your size. And and he said, oh, you do? Uh, and she said, yes, but now I've got to fit your pants for you, so pull your pants down. So he did, and she she looked at him, and she said, oh, my goodness, you are you are a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't cut us off, but I did I did say this, this was for everybody. This program was for everybody. <laughs> Barry, can you top that? <laughs> uh, well, no, I just want to take the time to – Praise uh, to the heavens, Judy Garland, because I, I think that this really would have uh, been a different movie without her. I, you can't credit her enough for making it work. I, I, everybody knows she was a great singer, but I think she was a, just a genuinely great actress. She she was so effortlessly good. She never studied, but she was one of those people that she just came onto a, a film set and she did everything right to me. She was she did everything sincere and everything correct. And 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 really, I can't credit her enough for why. I think she's a very key factor in why this movie is so still continues to dazzle people and why it works so well. I I would agree with you 100%. Yeah. I have never as I mentioned before seen a more heartwarming performance of, about the longing for home. She was just I mean she just re- reached right into your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you just felt every every emotion and her uh, beautiful singing voice on for over the rainbow just is still oh. spellbinding and, and oh, we'll hear is. that yeah. uh in a, in a few minutes but i want to add uh, that mgm re-released the wizard of oz back in 1949 and again in 1955 mm-hmm. and in 1956 the movie received its initial television broadcast and since 1959 has become a yearly tv event this makes it one of the most viewed motion pictures of all time. Yeah. It's almost impossible to believe this wonderful movie was created over 70 years ago and continues to warm our hearts today. The Wizard of Oz is truly an enduring masterpiece, and I'm so sorry to say that our time is almost up. I want to thank Barry, James, and Diana for being such terrific guests again today, and thanks also to Lorna Luft, for sharing her feelings about The Wizard of Oz and her mother, and to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as a staff pick all day tomorrow. We really appreciate that. Thanks also to our chatters and other listeners. Special thanks to Nikki for all her help, and to Richard B. Smart and Neil Haley for their technical assistance. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Sorry again about the technical difficulties, but that Wicked Witch of the West just kind of was relentless today with us. Please come back next time to hear about Justin Timberlake, his films and music. That's all for now, folks. To close the show, here's the great Judy Garland to take us out with my favorite song from The Wizard of Oz, Somewhere Over the Rainbow.
upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me. Where troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops, that's where you 